people don't know there is a real direction. That's the problem. And they don't know there is an authority that actually outlines that direction very clearly and like almost gives you the map to follow step by step. With guaranteed success at the, at the ultimate perfect destination, but it's too simple. <laughs> it's too easy. <laughs> Hey there, and happy to have you listening in. This is Ruben, and uh, Breaking Trail is where you learn to navigate life's journey through ancient wisdom, through my conversation with my friend and teacher, Balaki. Today's talk will be about the root cause of stress and how we can actually deal with that in the long term for a better and happier life. So, welcome. You know, that shirt you got on, you could make the same one, love your mother, and put a cow there. That's true. Yeah. That'd be a nice shirt. Or put love your mothers and have the earth and then a cow on on the earth, like superimposed yeah. on the earth. Yeah. Yeah. Your mother's. That would, that would be a very nice shirt. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's something we don't do in the today's world, you know, something that people don't understand. Maybe this thread would be good for a talk about the root cause of environmental crisis, you know? Yeah, that's easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The jacket is on its way, by the way, and I'm really, really excited. <laughs> Which one? The uh, <laughs> micro one. Oh, micro. Yeah, good. Let me know what you think. I will, for sure. I'm doing a survey. <laughs> you are. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when you... we talk about gear, we'll have the, the complete picture. That's the thing. So if anyone, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm going to, but if we do include this part and anyone is hearing, then if you have any questions about vegan, vegetarian, environmental clothes then you can always speak to me about IKEA because we <laughs> kind of experts on that field <laughs> we're trial and error researchers right empirical yeah researchers <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> you've had more years into that experience than I do but but I, I do I do have some years of experience as always. <clears throat> yeah, I bought my first Gore-Tex jacket in 84. Ah. Sent it back to North Face in 90, 96 or 7 and got a, ref got a new one to replace it. 12 years? And yeah. then they replaced it? Wow. And then they replaced it, yeah. That was when the warranties really were real. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, how long did you have it after so, that? The next one, the second one. No, the yeah, the same, the, the second one, the one that they replaced it with. Yeah. Oh, I had that one two or three years, and I sent it back. I got about four jackets out of that one jacket. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, some similar experience I had. 
and an outdoor research jacket, I think it was. Yeah, and I've just kept changing it, I think three times now or something. But the thing is, the same problem is there. So I don't understand why they f just fixed that problem. Like the inner membrane, inner membrane keeps falling off. And the yeah, white, no, you know. that's what happens a lot on those kinds of things. Yeah. Those two layer jackets, they just delaminate completely. Exactly, exactly. <clears throat> so why, why not just make things that last, you know, and that's really, yeah. for the environment, that's just, it's just a no-brainer. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, the better it gets, the worse it gets. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's lighter, it's, you know, more maybe environmentally friendly and so on, but it doesn't last. Yeah. yeah. It just falls apart, so you got to replace it much more often. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just... It just proves that we're not always going in the right direction when we're, you know, if we don't know and if we don't have a higher goal, if we don't know where we should be going, we're sort of society as a whole cannot move in the in the right direction because we have no direction. We just know how to progress, but we don't know where to progress. <laughs> you know, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Full speed ahead to somewhere, but we don't know where. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, yeah. So we compare it to 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 it's like a farmer, you know. The farmer is just like growing his fertilizers, growing, growing, growing. He's putting fertilizer, growing in the field. You know, he's putting fertilizers, fertilizers on, and he's putting, doing everything he can to grow these plants. And when he gets asked the question, you know, what are you growing? He says, "Well, I don't know. I, I'm just growing like hell. You know, I'm just gonna grow this, <laughs> grow it, grow it." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, misdirected energy. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And people don't know there is a real direction. That's the problem. Mm. Yeah. And they don't know there is an authority that actually outlines that direction very clearly and like almost gives you the map to follow step by step. With guaranteed success at the at the ultimate perfect destination but it's too simple <laughs> it's too easy <laughs> let's just figure it out yeah. but, that, but that's at the same time people want answers like people people seem to be for example now in norway there's this service set up by the government and some other companies associated with the government sort of thing they they've made like a fact checkers website so that you like they give you the simple truth as it is according to their version of course because people just they're confused and there's so much information so they just want like a simple way to know the truth from one authority but at the same time like why why can't they accept the vedic authority or a higher authority yeah. or mm -hmm. because it deals with a more I would say uh, inner deep subject. You know, yeah. people like to live on the surface. They don't like to go deeper. Mm. So they just want surface information. They don't want to know anything about the depths of the ocean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's a good comparison. But then, you know, <laughs> and that 
that's what we're going to speak today, you know, is, is, is actually us being on the ocean. And when we're on the ocean in the waves, we go up and we go down and life is tough on the surface, you know, yeah, while in the, in the it depth, is. it's calm, smooth, smooth. And... Here's, a, here's an example of that. Do you remember in 2007 when that big tsunami hit Indonesia and yeah, parts yeah, yeah. of uh, India and all that area over there? Yeah. You know, those little islands, Sumatria and all that. And it's, you know, it's Thailand, except. In, in, in that tsunami, out of the countries that were indirectly influenced, Sweden was the country that was most influenced. Like, out of the countries that were not directly hit by the tsunami, because we have so many Swedish people going there and living there in, you know, in Thailand. Oh, you mean the Swedish population in that part of the world was affected? Yeah, is like that what you mean? The, I mean, yeah, like the Swedes were were affected more than more than any other country that was indirectly affected was was Sweden because of the Swedes that were living there or that had relatives there or that had moved there or they were traveling there or were, you know. Right, right, right. So anyway, it was a big catastrophe and people got killed and you know property destroyed and it was it was a big deal. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> I read that. When that tsunami was coming toward that whole area, there were some guys scuba diving quite a ways offshore, and they were deep. They were, I don't know, I don't remember oh. the depth, but, you know, 100 feet or 200 feet down, whatever it was, but they were deep. So anyway, they don't know anything about this, right? So this tsunami comes through, and they felt just some little, like, kind of just just a small little blip as they're down and go, and it was, wow, I wonder what that was, you know. So anyway, they finish their their dive and they come up and get in their dive boat and go back to to shore. And of course, there they found that whole devastation had taken place, wow. you know. And they were saying, wow, you know, all that took place here and we just felt just some little blip and that was all. So it just shows if you go deep, these big tsunamis of life that come through, you know, if you're deep in your life, then it's just a little blip on the radar kind of thing and then it's just done. We, and we other people, a... it just destroys their life completely. Yeah, yeah, we, we just had a huge tsunami come by the whole world. Yeah, you know, and it's not the first nor the last. It's coming all mm. the time. Yeah. <laughs> and another uh, crazy one was when they had that uh, that nuclear disaster in uh, Japan, yeah, you know, Fukushima. Fukushima. And I saw a video and. You know, that was caused by an earthquake, which caused a phenomenon, tsunami, which destroyed the nuclear power plant and so on. And so I saw that things were flooding and, and everything was being, you know, torn up. And I saw these two guys and they were, people had been told to evacuate and people were getting away from the ocean area and so on. And I saw these two guys struggling to carry this huge television set. And they were down by the, by the lowland, and they were going up these steps trying to get to higher ground 
But they had this huge television set, and they're both struggling with it going up these steps. And this big wave came in and just smashed them and took them out to sea. Oh, no. No. So, Try to hold on to, to the... Yeah. That, that television set, man, and, <laughs> and a, it cost them their life, you know? Like that was the most important thing in there. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. So, <laughs> it was... It was and I saw the video. I mean, it was insane. You could just watch them, the whole scenario. And it just relates back to the whole thing. Here's my treasure. Here's my pleasure. You know, we must protect it. We must, you know, hold on to it. Mm. And that that's the way people see life. You know, this is my pleasure, my treasure, is this, this world and my possessions and my, mm. you know, success and... Yeah, my attachments to whatever. Obviously, there was some attachment to that television. <laughs> <laughs> huge, <laughs> huge television. Huge attachment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the old ones. So, all this is contradictory to our well-being, and it's it's obvious. It's not like just some theory, and nobody can prove it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just obvious that this is real this is true yeah you know mm. and and we suffer because of it it's like unbelievable but you give people the the real solution and like you were just saying with the you know give me the simple answer well here's the simplest and the only answer really this vedic knowledge this absolute truth Mm. And people turn the channel <laughs> on the big television. <laughs> switch off, switch off. No. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm. click in, click out, you know. But, but we, are, so, we are, are so, and that's interesting. Why do we choose to be in anxiety and uncomfortable and, and be on the waves? And, and you know, we, we're feeling the consequences of being in the waves why not instead, why is it so hard to, to instead suffer some difficulties and perhaps inconvenience in changing your lifestyle a little bit and doing some some changes that may make it better for you in the long run? I mean, that's just a choice, isn't it? Yeah, well, it all comes down to material desires, you know, and lust and attachments. It's all the same reasons you know, for the problems, the, the reasons for the problems are the same reasons why we won't let go of the problems. You know, we, we really don't want a solution. Not really. If the solution interferes with what we're comfortable with yeah. or what we're, is normal or what I think I desire, see, what will yeah, change yeah, yeah. My, my life positively is not my desire. You know, exactly. okay, you'll have to, because in everything we do, there's a compromise. You can't have it all. Yeah. To get one thing, you got to give up another thing. Mm. You see, and so people, because of attachment and, you know, desires and lust and so on, they, they're not willing to give this up, you know, yeah. even though the promise might be huge. They're not willing to give it up. I mean, here's a perfect example. 
And this is this is seen again and again and again. You know, people have a heart condition, so they have to have bypass surgery. The reason for the bypass surgery, their arteries are clogged up. Why are the arteries clogged up? Because of their diet. What is their diet? Usually it's a lot of meat, a lot of animal fat. You know, that oh. just actually blocks up the arteries that, you know, go to the heart. And, and therefore, they have to have bypass surgery to go around the block. And so <clears throat> they're willing to just take that same risk again rather than change their diet. Okay, the doctor, he might even tell them, you got to change your diet. You got to give up meat and you got to exercise more, yeah. you know, and they won't do it. They would rather die. I heard it. There was a, there's a, a video called Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead. Did you ever see that? No, I didn't. Oh, you should watch that one. Mm. That's a really good one. But anyway, this, this guy is going around. I mean, he's curing a disease that he has, you know, and it was diet-related, you know, mm -hmm. to some degree. And so he went on a juice fast, and he traveled across the United States. He was from Australia. Anyway, I don't want to tell you the whole story because we'll just extend the length of the video. <laughs> but anyway, he was going into the places and, and, and just talking to people, you know, and he went in this restaurant and he talked to this man who was sitting there eating, you know, uh, chicken fried steak in, in America. That's one version of steak, you know, where they batter the steak and kind of fry it. And it's kind of like a chick fried chicken with a crust mm -hmm. on it. But it's, it's a steak. And he's eating chicken fried steak in the restaurant with his son and a friend. And yeah. so this, this person, Joe Cross, starts talking to him. And he says, uh, you know, and the guy told Joe Cross, says, You'd been, he just recently had bypass surgery. He said, well, don't you know, you know, that that's not good for you? <laughs> you know? And he says, you know, and the guy was overweight too. And he said, you know, I'm going to die anyway, so I'm going to die a happy that. fat guy. You know. You, I just missed you for a moment there, Balakia, but Oh, just... so anyway, he, he said, yeah, and Joe Cross told him, you know, this is, this is diet. What you're eating now is not good for you. And the guy was overweight. And he said... I don't care. I'm going to die anyway, and so I'm going to die a happy fat guy. <laughs> you know. I mean, and that's the attitude. You know, don't try to tell me what's better. I like what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, yeah, I just had surgery and whatever, whatever, but I'm going to die a happy fat guy. Yeah. So this person is a slave to his tongue. You know, so intelligence... It's lost. It says that in Bhagavad Gita. You know, and, and these people, you know, intelligence is lost. They just become overwhelmed, you know, with their desires and their, their senses control them completely. And it just overrides the intelligence. Hmm? Yeah. So that's, that's also... That's, that's how it is across the board, really. But there's a promise in that. I mean, there's... That's one thing to deal with anxiety, isn't it? Like you have the promise of satisfaction. And it's like someone said that the hope is the last thing that leaves a person. You know, it's you don't want to 
you you know that there is satisfaction out there you know that there is a place where you can get the satisfaction and if you can't get there you just you, you, you just keep trying and you keep trying in the ways that you know like but a lot of people don't even really think there is satisfaction somewhere although of course it is you know again it's said in the vedic scriptures that you can't want something that doesn't exist yeah you know, if you want true. it it means it does exist somewhere mm. Mm. Okay. so they want satisfaction so that's proof satisfaction does exist yeah but you know after many many attempts and failures and you know people do just you know you say it's the last thing to go but it finally does go they just give up you know yeah and uh so you know it's 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 basically due to the lifestyle we lead, which which actually kills or, or or destroys intelligence. It destroys even the desire to go to a place where there's real satisfaction, you see, which is spiritual satisfaction. It always comes back to the same point, doesn't it? I mean, we talk about it from every angle. You can start wherever you want. And it always comes back to the same place because we're spirit souls, you know. Yeah. And, and that's an eternal given. And you, you're not going to somehow alter that because that's eternally true. We're spirit souls. And therefore, the only satisfaction for us is spiritual satisfaction. But when we're covered by this false ego and identification with the body and the mind and the senses and the world and et cetera, then, you know, we, we don't even relate to this spiritual concept. Yeah. You know, it's like, and it kills our spiritual desire, our spiritual vision, our spiritual understanding, our spiritual intelligence. Etc. Etc. But is is that also what's how is the stress between that and men? Is and this question is asking you for many different directions. But we talked about you know jealousy a few weeks ago. But how about stress? I mean, is that is that something you just have to learn to deal with, or what, what's what's the way to deal with that in this well, world? Because first we got to understand that when the spirit soul comes into the material world, it comes into the world of stress. Mm -hmm. It's called, you know, struggle for survival. You know, every living entity in the material world is struggling to survive. The trees in the forest are struggling to survive. The animals in the forest are struggling to survive. The humans are struggling to survive. Everybody's struggling to survive because we're not in our natural environment, you see. So that in and of itself is stressful. I mean, the material world is a stressful condition for the soul. Yeah. Automatically so. I mean, you know, I just <clears throat> was in a zoo one time in Far East Russia. But this was a, a, a rehabilitation zoo. It wasn't like a... Oh a zoo for people to come and watch the exotic animals and, you know, mm. take pictures. It was, you know, an, an injured animal that was found in, in that region, you know, the taiga, which is the forest. 
the animals of the taiga that were found injured, you know, there was wolves, there was bears, there was, you know, uh, uh, a moor, what is it, the moor leopard, you know, which the Amur River runs through that region. Oh. You know, it's actually the border between China and Russia. And it, it runs a long distance through Far East Russia. Anyway, there's a tiger that lives there. It's not a leopard, it's a tiger. Uh, it's a tiger that lives there. And that's the only place in the world it lives. And it's the Amur tiger. Mm. So anyway, there was a couple of, of those tigers in this zoo and, and on and on. You know, there was small animals and whatever foxes and so on. And each in cage, you know, where they were, it had a little plaque on it that kind of gave a little information about the residents in the cage, you know. And on each cage it says, you know, lifespan in the wild. I'll just give, give some figures. Lifespan in the wild, 10 years. Lifespan in captivity, 15 years. And another one, lifespan in the wild, six years, lifespan in captivity, 12 years, or whatever. I'm just throwing numbers now. Mm -hmm. you, but in every case, the lifespan in captivity was greater than the lifespan in the wild. And I thought they must have this backwards. Yeah. <laughs> you would think that, a, that one of these wild animals would live longer in its natural environment than it would in captivity. Yeah. And so I went to the, the director of this zoo, the, this curator, uh -huh. and I said, you know, I saw all this you know, information, and, and you must have it wrong, right? You guys just got it backwards. She said, no, no, <laughs> this, is, this is right, you know? And she said, the reason is, is because here, they're not in the th under threat to be attacked by some other animal, mm -hmm. number one. So there's that protection. Number one, two, they, they're going to get fed every day. They don't have to worry about, you know, am I going to survive because I catch something or am I going to not survive because I don't catch something? Yeah. So every day we feed them and we don't feed them anything special. I mean, like the carnivorous ones, they just get scraps from some place that deals with meat. And, you know, I saw them feeding the wolves and they were just throwing in bones and pieces of whatever, you know, and the wolves were eating it. But the point is, all that stress was reduced, you know, the stress of survival from hunters of, you know, two legs or other legs, yeah. and, and the survival stress of getting food or not getting food, and then the weather stress and all these things was basically reduced. Yeah. Yeah, there was some stress of captivity, but it was not as great as just survival stress. And so, therefore, they live longer. Hmm. And I was thinking, wow, well, that shows you how detrimental stress is, you know, how, <laughs> how it really affects a person's life. Yeah. So stress is the killer. And, you know, many, you know, disease experts and health experts say stress you know, causes 86% of diseases, you know. That's crazy. So there's some stress you can't eliminate, right? You can't eliminate environmental stress. I mean, we try, you know, but just being in the material world is environmental stress, you know. 
So you can't eliminate that. You can't eliminate the stress of getting old, you know, unless you die young. Then you eliminate that stress. <laughs> and, you know, and, and there's always going to be disease that causes stress. And there's everyday, you know, life, you know, just going about our business causes wear and tear and stress on the body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the body's designed to repair it, and on and on it goes. So those kind of stresses, you you basically can't eliminate. But the body's kind of set up to deal with it to a certain degree, you know. But when we add all this additional stress, like the anxiety that comes from not having enough material things, you know, not really being materially successful. Yeah. Oh, everybody my age already has an apartment. They own their own home, you know, or apartment. And I don't. I still am renting a place, mm -hmm. you know. And, and there's stress there. So I got to get two jobs instead of one to be able to afford to buy my own place. But then you got the stress of working two jobs. Mm -hmm. And then you got the stress of the mortgage, you know, and then you lose one of those two jobs and you got the additional stress of that. Or at the job, you'll put up with all kind of stuff you normally wouldn't put up with because you got to have this job exactly. to pay off the debts. And then, you you know, you don't want to drive that old car because it works fine. It's functional. But, you know, you got rear ended and, you know, so the back's a little bit damaged and it doesn't look very good, you know, and, and so on. So I need to to get a better car. Okay, so you do, and you got your payments there, and there's additional stress. And we just accumulate all this. And then my clothes, I got to upgrade, you know, my fashion statement. And so we work harder to get more stuff there, you know. And then if we've got enough money to do all that, which some people do, they don't have that stress, you know, <laughs> then they got other stresses. Well, what am I going to do with this money? Am I going to invest it in the stock market in this place or that place? And they do. And then they lose that or the, there's, you know, the market crashes. You know. <laughs> or look at the people that bought into Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies and they're watching it every day. And it goes up, yay, and it goes down because somebody, mm -hmm. you know, said, well, you know, you know, I don't think this is a good thing. And and it goes down and all oh, the stress there. And then it goes up. Oh, and so, you know, you're on that volatile roller coaster, you know, and it just we create all this additional stress. And then the relationship stresses, you know, oh, you know, I got to, to act a certain way, you know, to make this person, you know, happy. We're always trying to make the other person happy. If, you know, if that's, you know, what we want to do. <laughs> and uh, there's a stress there. Oh, they're not pleased with me. Oh, they're, they're angry. You know, maybe I'm the cause. Although, obviously, the other person's, you know, the one who's creating the problem. You start feeling like, well, it's my fault. You know, maybe I said something wrong or maybe I'm just not a good wife or, you know, and the husband's angry because I'm not a good wife. And you got all that stress, you know. Yeah. And then you have kids, and you got the stress of the kids and all their, you know, <laughs> dramas in life that they got to go through, you know. And, and so it just builds and builds and builds, you know. And then you got COVID comes along. Oh my God! Now you lose your job and all those things that were dependent on that job that you bought to to make you happy or, you know, 
make you a certain, you know, acceptable person in society or, you know, whatever. Now there's the stress. <laughs> what am I going to do now? You know, and the stress of getting the disease and the stress <laughs> of, you know, you know, those controversies. Should I wear the mask? Should I not wear the mask? Yeah, and you listen exactly. to these guys. They say, don't wear it. And you listen to these guys. No. And they say, do. And now you're caught into this turmoil. Should I mm -hmm. get vaccinated? Should I not get vaccinated? And, yeah. you know, should I go to work? Should I not go to work? Oh, now I'm home working from home. And I got the stress of, you know, no social life. And, and you know, it just it just keeps going and going. And the more we progress as a, quote, modern society, the more the entanglement and the stress of that entanglement increases. I mean, think of a, a fly in a spider web. You know, that fly was doing fine, just flying along, you know, sitting on this nasty thing and that nasty thing and finding great pleasure in the taste of unmentionable items. <laughs> and then all of a sudden... It gets caught in the spider web, you know, and now that that fly is in great stress. And the more it moves, it gets more entangled and the more stress and the more stress. And then here comes the spider and eats it. And that's death. <laughs> you know, so. So we, we just fly into this web of illusion that all this material life that we think is progressive is desirable and is going to, to make things better. And we get more and more entangled and entangled and entangled and, and struggle more and more and stress bounce up and mounts up. I'm and just... finally, you know, usually, you know, we break down somewhere. We have mental breakdowns. Yeah. And then here comes the spider, you know, death and takes it all away. And we do it all again the next life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but well, that's exactly. I mean, we we do complicate things a lot. Like you said before, simple living, high thinking. You know, that's the Vedic version of it. Like, but that doesn't seem so easy when you're in that web to to make things easy again. I mean, well, once you, yeah, I agree. Once you're deep in, I mean, it's hard to get out. Yeah, but you can change your attitude toward it all. You oh. know, and well, well, I was thinking of that when you mentioned aging. I mean, that's a good example. Like the aging in itself can be stressful, but because of the physical experiences you have, but the attitude towards it can not have to stress you if you know that you're not your body. Yeah, yeah. If you if you know the truth, then your attitude toward all of this will change, and then. You know, you'll just deal with the things, you know, the web, so to speak, mm. with uh, without being so, you know, affected by it, yeah. you know. Okay, I'll deal with it, you know. And you can gradually, you know, kind of just maybe take off one little strand of the web here and another strand of there, unwrap your foot and, you know, <laughs> unwrap your <laughs> this hand and... <laughs> Gradually, you're getting a little bit more free, you know, and uh, and all of it's just the endless pursuit for happiness. I mean, really, it all is caused by the same thing: the soul's urgent need for happiness. 
you know. We've talked about that many times, mm. you know. Why do we do all these things and, and why are we thinking we need all those things? Because somehow we think this will increase our pleasure in life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And although it never does, and we realize that, we still, the mind puts forth another proposal and we buy into it. Oh, that's what I need. <laughs> the false promise. That the help. promise of the next thing that will, you know, yeah. chasing false after that. False promises. Yeah. Hmm. So, you know, without spiritual knowledge and spiritual direction and 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 spiritual practice to actually amplify and and make this not just a, a philosophy but a an experience, you know, a reality. Nothing will change, really. Nothing will change. And, uh, and yeah, I was... the change gets worse and worse. Which it's always changing, but mm. can we say it's changing for the better? <laughs> no, no, and I wanted to just mm -hmm. briefly mention this is this is in Norway, so I don't know how it's around the world, but there <laughs> actually I was just summing out summing the numbers in Norway how it's looking in terms of the consequences of people not having not not feeling good inside, not finding the happiness inside, not really being too in stress and too in anxiety. It says that since March last year in Norway, and there's an increase of 36% in cases of violence against children. Uh, chronically ill people in need of help have been neglected. Elderly, lonely people have lost human contact due to all of this uh, situation that we have. There's an increase in stress-related illness, impaired mental health in the population in generally. That's a lot of increase in suicide. <laughs> Uh, the differences between rich and poor has increased, steady increase in unemployment and bankruptcies. Uh, you know, there's so many examples. Um, it says that mental health helpline in Norway here, they, they, they mentioned that there's a five times increase in the number of young people that are talking about suicide. Five times increase. Yeah. Young people. Young people. Young people that are losing hope, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yeah, you were mentioned hope's the last thing to go, but it's finally going too. It's too. It's going. <clears throat> you know, when you commit suicide or even contemplate suicide, that's an obvious sign that you've lost hope. Yeah. You know, why live? There's no hope. Mm. So, yeah, and as long as we're dependent on the material situation to to give us hope and to give us satisfaction and stability. It's, it's never going to happen because this material world is not a place of stability. And it's, you know, there is really yeah. no hope for happiness for the soul in the material world, really. I mean, there is no hope because it doesn't exist. You know, mm. The soul cannot be happy from a material source. And that is never going to be different. Mm -hmm. But people don't want to actually take spiritual life seriously because they can't... Like I say, in the Bhagavad Gita, it, it talks about it in, in the sixth chapter of Bhagavad Gita. Mm -hmm. 
and it talks about this category of people. You know, they're called miscreants. And that, that, that means they, they just go off on their own and try to make their own way in mm. life, unguided by scripture, unguided by absolute knowledge. No. See? So they reject all this, you know, true direction, simple truths that can protect you, guide you, and ultimately make it so you're successful in achieving what you're looking for is happiness. Mm. See? So they're called duskratinas in Sanskrit or miscreants. Mm. And it says those people, you know, their knowledge has been stolen by illusion. And we were just talking about intelligence is stolen, you know, away. And it said, therefore, they'll never be able to come to this platform of pious life and come to find their help and shelter in the Supreme Lord. I mean, it lays it out very, very clearly in terms that anybody can understand. It's not like you got to be some ph philosophical scholar to figure out what they're saying. It's, it's so clear, you see. And also it describes that today, in the world today, 99.9% .9 of the people are in that category. So what, what can be, you know, what can be the outcome here? Exactly. That's the result. If, if a spiritual solution is <laughs> truly the only solution, and 99.9% .9 of the people don't really want that solution, <laughs> then how can we expect there to be any good result? Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, <laughs> these are true. <laughs> so you just read the fruit exactly. of, you know, this 99.9% of the population's consciousness. Increase in every whatever you said, you know, the suicide, the elderly people, the child abuse, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, the loneliness, the, the neglect, and and the lack of care and compassion, and and the things that just keep building up and building up, you know, the atrocities that are committed every day in the world. And you can read it in the news any day of the week. It doesn't matter whether you read it today or tomorrow, or next week or next month. You're going to see basically the same thing. Different place, different details, same thing. You know, atrocities, mm -hmm. you know, unwanted, unprovoked killings. Yeah. You know, just... Yeah. I used to live in Boulder, Colorado, which oh, is, yeah. you know, one of the idyllic places on planet Earth. It used to be a little more idyllic before the progression, as we're, <laughs> we're talking about. I mean, when I lived there in 1974, it was really, really good, you know, right by the mountains, but not up in the mountains. So the weather's very good. And, you know, people there were mellow and friendly and da-da-da-da-da. And somebody just this week walked into the supermarket that I used to live two blocks from. You know, oh. Who and this guy wasn't happy, obviously, and he walked into the supermarket and just started killing people and he killed ten people. You know, for no reason. 
I mean, the people didn't do anything to him. He just walked in and, you know, a few minutes later, 10 people are dead. And, you know, people were commenting like, this is Boulder, Colorado. I've lived here for 40 years. This has been the ideal community. Nothing like this ever happens. Exactly. You know? And, but there's no place on the planet now where these kinds of things don't happen. The yeah. best, smooth, mellow yeah, place yeah, you yeah. can imagine, all of a sudden it happens. But you know? but, but that is like, I, I think it's, and it's even hard to, I don't think we see the link between us being stressed and not having, you know, that seems like, can you explain the link between the stress and and, and that act of doing such an extreme thing. I mean, that's a huge, it seems like a huge leap from just being <laughs> stressed to, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just like, man, you gotta be really, like, you gotta really be frustrated at your kids when you yeah. go out there and just, you know. Um, well, yeah, people are, are just at the breaking point, you know, and, you know, Many times we have to blame other people, and, and it could be individuals, it could be a, a racial group, you know, or it could be a gender group, or it could be any category of people, or it could just be people in general, just people, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, that are causing us problems. You see, it's, it's stated again in our Vedic scriptures, there's threefold miseries in the material world. See, and one of those causes of misery for us is other living entities. Okay, other living entities. It could be mosquitoes. It could be, you know, the dogs barking next door. It could be just humans in general. See, and so they're causing us stress, whether it's the society, which is, you know, the cause and, and the things I don't like about society, or maybe. You know, I'm in a country that has a certain attitude toward another country, and I like the other country or the religion or whatever. I mean, it's, it's all kinds of variables, but, you know, I just become so disturbed by this and so angry, you know, that I just want to hurt somebody. I just And, and the ultimate hurt is to kill somebody. Mm. You know, when we get so angry, you know, in a relationship, many times— you know, a person will say, I'm going to kill you, yeah. you know, because that's the feeling inside. I want to kill you. You know, the more angry you are, the more you hate somebody, the more you just want to kill them. You know, I'd like to kill all those people. And so, you know, it just reaches a point and it's fed now by Internet and all kinds of, mm -hmm. you know, news stories about somebody else who did the same thing. Oh, they walked into a movie theater, you know, at the premiere showing of some, you know, big film, and the theater was packed, and they just smuggled their guns in there and start shooting people, you know. Or, you know, this guy does it, another guy does it, and over years, that's, you know, been on the front page. And people that are in these fragile mental states, it just gives them ideas and gives them impetus and... It just encourages them. You know, the Internet has all kinds of information on how to do it. And usually these uh, people who do these kinds of things have already posted, you know, a lot of, you know, things about their desire and their intentions, yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, how they're going to do it. And, 
expect a big surprise tomorrow and whatever, whatever. And so all that just is like, yeah, go do it, go do it. This is a this is how you're gonna be known. You're gonna be somebody. And you know, so the it's it's also connected with the desire to be known, to be famous. Yeah. You know, and to be seen. To... So you put all that together in one head space of a person <laughs> and and they just start buying the guns and loading them up and making their plans and you know Usually these guys are going in there fully ready. They got flak vests on. They got, you know, a lot of this is happening in the States because the States is the first to go, you know, in any direction. You know, it's, and if you, if there's something going to go down, that's, you know, ground zero, (laughs) you know. And so, you know, it happens all the time, you know, and. It's most of it. A lot of it doesn't even get reported because it's it's so common. It's not even newsworthy. Exactly. You know, it's just mm-hmm. like just like who cares? You know, you you don't even hardly notice it. If it's a real extreme one, you know, extreme by the number of people or you know how the police came in. There's a lot of graphic video footage yeah, available, yeah, yeah, yeah. surveillance cameras. You know, sensational stuff. Then it'll get some some recognition, you know, mm-hmm. you'll see it on the news or something. But if it's just, you know, some not so dynamic situation, they don't even hear about it. And so it, it just fuels the whole thing and, and people's minds are totally affected and the consciousness and, and, and the hardness of heart keeps building up and and, and you can't stop it you know, by, you know, hiring more police, Mm. you know, or having better surveillance cameras or, you know, passing gun control laws. I mean, I know people will, will, you know, have issue with with that statement, but, you know, if a person doesn't have a gun, they're going to do it some other way. You know, in England, especially London, but not only London, Birmingham and Liverpool and many, many of the big cities in London, mm. you know, it's, it's, the, it's a statistical fact that they have the most dangerous streets in the world, you know, mm. because people are, you know, so fed up with life from many different angles, racial issues and feeling whatever they're feeling, and, but they don't have guns. So what do they do? They stab people. The weapon of choice is a knife. You know, so stabbings are common, and it's a lot of times just young kids, you know, just young kids, very young kids, you know. And my daughter used to live in London, and she said, when you're walking down the street and you see a group of kids, you know, and I'm talking like 14, 15, 16, 20, you know, turn around and go the other way because there's where the problem is. You know, you don't want to deal with these people. You know, and how are you going? What are you going to do? Take the take knives out of society? (laughs) (laughs) What you you can't do it by eliminating the things other than the cause, you know, and the cause is lack of God in people's lives. You know, and the solution is add God to people's lives. Yeah, as a society, each individual that does it is part of I, the society. I just lost your sound to the society, yeah. but it's not being promoted. 
as a, as a societal solution. I the last thing I heard was you said something about knives taking knives out of society. You think that's the solution? That's what you said. No, I said how are you going to do that? Yeah, you know. <laughs> In other words, you can't solve the problem by just eliminating, you know, guns. Okay, knives now. You know, sticks. I mean, you're exactly. going to eliminate sticks, <laughs> rocks. Well, if you have, if you have pre pre-made food, everything. You know, no one has to make any food. No knives. You know, everything is just to put in your microwave and. <laughs> you know, and pretty soon you just got nothing. You know, then they'll do it with their fist. <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? Cut people's hands off at birth? Oof. In other words, it's it's just ludicrous that you're trying to solve these problems from the direction they're trying to solve them from. It's the mental things. And, you know, a few people are saying, we're never going to solve the problem till we solve the mental conditions mm -hmm. that create the problems. And that is not done, you know, by counseling and so on. It may help, but the real solution is, again, a spiritual solution. You know, the, the problems in life are absence of God, the solutions in life are God's presence in one's life, you know. And this is natural for the soul. We think it's so unnatural. It's so old-fashioned. It's, yeah. it's, it's just not modern. <laughs> you know, we've gone beyond that. That was in the old days. Now yeah. we're more advanced than that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. But this is the real eternal nature of the soul, to have God as the center of the soul's life, you know. And so we're we're going further and further away from the real solution. And we think we're making progress. <laughs> and 99% of the people are there, and it's increasing. But when you're a miscreant, a duskratina, <laughs> you see, your level of mischief, so to speak, just increases, increases in degradation. You know, it gets worse and worse. You know, it just gets more degraded, more mean, more, you know, dark, you know, yeah. the dark web. <laughs> yeah. And people don't, I mean, you, you, you were speaking about anger, but I know a lot of people who just, I don't think they would ever do something like that extreme, but instead they turn it inward. They're just, it's so stressful to deal with every day and just basically expectations. They just become so overstimulated and want to, I don't know, just hurt themselves by not being able to deal with all the stress and these expectations. You know, that goes inward we, in a sense. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's just going in instead of going out. And usually, you know, a lot of these people that do these extreme things, you know, it goes both ways. They kill all these other people and then they kill himself. Mm. You know, so they've accomplished both sides at one time. Mm. <laughs> you know. And... uh it's still the same. I mean, you can say, well, these people do it this way. Their, their, their reaction to all this stress and anxiety and, you know, the pressures of society and, and so on, it can go externally, it can go internally, but it's the same problem, mm. you know. We're all individuals and we're all going to, you know, react to, to this in one way or another way. Yeah. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah. But it's still the same problem, you know. And so the Vedas say, go to the root of the problem. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't go to the root of the problem, you'll never solve the problem. I remember uh, when I lived in Hawaii, uh, we were surfing every day, and, you know, one of the common things that happened was you got caught on reefs. You know, sooner or later, you'd get caught by a coral reef. Oh, you mean like... A coral reef. You, huh? so, so, so the waves were going, I mean, for a non-surfer, I don't really, can you explain that more? <laughs> well, some, yeah. I mean, in other words, you get hit by a wave, it, it drives you down. Uh, There's reefs many times on the bottom. Waves usually break on reefs. Uh, That's what makes a wave happen. You know, comes out of deeper water, hits a shallow area, yeah, the wave yeah. stands up and uh, so on and so on. Or you'd lose your board and that was before board leashes and you had to, And the waves would take your board into a very shallow area, you know, sometimes only ankle deep, and not all that is reef, you know. So anyway, in the process of getting your board, you'd get caught. Somehow or another, you'd get caught, yeah. you know. And it didn't have to be a big cut, you know. But the nature of those cuts was often they got infected with staph, staph infection, you know. And in the tropics, staph infection is common. And so you deal with it, you put some, you know, antiseptic ointment on it and whatever, and it might get okay. But if you do this enough and that staph infection gets in your blood, and then it's circulating in your body, and you don't even have to get caught, it just comes up somewhere, you know. Or you might just get a little abrasion and it comes up there, whatever. So you got all these sores. And... So you can keep trying to deal with that new sore, you know, putting all the different stuff on it and the band-aids and mm-hmm. maybe even to go into the extreme and don't go surfing for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the extreme, extreme. cure. <laughs> you know. But uh, it's not really the root of the problem. The root of the problem is the staph infection in the blood. And so you, until you purify the blood then you're never going to cure the problem. Mm. So that's the same idea. You know, the root of the problem has to be known and has to be addressed. And so the root of the problems of life in the material world is godlessness. No God in my life. Absence of God. So if that's the problem, the solution is the opposite. Bring God into your life. Then you're addressing the problem at the root because the soul is the eternal, loving servant of God. That's who we are eternally. I've said this every time we've talked, but it always is necessary to come back to the problem. Yeah. And that's the problem. We're the eternal servants of God, and we're not in that relationship at all. That's mm. not what we're doing with our lives. We're doing the exact opposite. I'm the servant of my mind. I'm the servant of my senses. I'm the servant of my husband, my wife, you know, society, the demands of the society, the expectations of society, you know. And so, therefore, you know, we're still serving because we're eternal servants, but we're, we're serving, serving the wrong someone masters. else. Yeah. 
Yeah, the wrong master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we dedicate our whole lives to serving these false masters, and it ends in catastrophe, you know. And there's many catastrophes until the final catastrophe, you mm. know, of death. <laughs> and uh, that's that's the teaching of every great spiritual master who has ever come among the humans on planet Earth to help them. That's that's the message they brought. Yeah, you know, and it's a message that was all too often rejected. You know, yeah. because that's not what we want to hear. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. Did, did you ever read the book Dante's Inferno? No, I didn't. I didn't either. <laughs> oh. But I, I want to. I keep saying that, but I haven't read it yet. But I was told, and, and I'm just speaking from what I was told. Mm -hmm. I read a, a little synopsis one mm -hmm. time. The setting is people that were living in a cave, and they'd never seen anything outside the cave. And so... They were born there, they lived there, they died there, their families were the same, etc. And, and so somebody comes from outside the cave, mm -hmm. and, you know, of course, caves are dark and dank and the things that caves are. Somebody came from outside the, in the outside world and saw their condition and started telling them about how it is outside the cave. You know, it's it's a wonderful world out there, you know, and there's light and sun and, you know, whatever he described, flowers and, you know, mm -hmm. wonderful life. And and they they drove the person out of the cave. They they were so upset by him disturbing them with this that they drove him away. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I think, mm -hmm. you know, this was this was an analogy of what we're talking about now, mm. you know. The masters come and tell us about life outside this material world, and we drive them away. You know, how many saints and sages have been killed in, in history, you know, because of the message they delivered? Exactly. You know, they, they were persecuted, thrown to the lions, exactly. you know, hung, or whatever, burned at the stake, and on and on the story goes. Because they had a message that disturbed the status quo, disturbed the norm, that took away the false hope. You see, that, mm -hmm. that you mean I'm working all my life, and, I, and you're telling me that it's, it's for vain. no reason? Get out of my life. <laughs> Shut up. That's what Jesus said. He says, "Don't why build your or don't build your house at the seashore in low tide." You know, because when the high tide comes in, <laughs> seek seek the eternal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. So, you know, we we you know feel fortunate that we have this knowledge, you and I, and mm. you know other people that have it. You know, and. You know, all we're trying to do is just tell people there is something else here. Mm. You know, there is. And, you know, we're not saying you got to give up everything and sell all those hard-earned possessions that you've accumulated or, 
you know, end your relationships. Yeah. But just start yeah. accepting this is a possibility, at least. You know, there is a possibility that there is something better. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, we've talked about this before, you know, the lockdown, which has, you know, absorbed the world and, mm. you know, the, the consequences that have occurred as a result. And you just read a bunch of them, you know. I mean, basically all of this was coming from in the last year, the, yeah. the COVID story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Mm -hmm. But it's statistically proven that the only segment of the society worldwide that has actually improved in these different categories, you know, is the spiritually oriented people, the people who went to church, who went to the mosque, who went to, you know, the temples, or if they didn't go physically because of COVID restrictions, mm. they did it online or they had their own programs at home. They read their scriptures, be it the Bible, the Quran, the Bhagavad Gita. You know, they did their practices. You know, they, they bowed, they prayed, they, you know, did their meditations. They, you know, had a, had a situation where God was still their active principle. Yeah. And they improved because it gave them more time to do it and they had to take more shelter. You say, okay, God, please help me now. You know, what What can I do? You know, I need some help. So they think more about God, and, and they they find that it it works. You know, I mean, this is the statisticians. They're not religious people who are trying to prove that religion is better. It's not mm -hmm. like me and you talking, and people say, yeah, you guys are just yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. <laughs> Push your religion on us. These are just come up, just neutral statisticians who have looked at all the segments of different societies and come up with this result. That's amazing. That's and so that in and of itself is is a testament. Mm. And why is it so hard for people to accept? Yeah, because we don't want to. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> We're addicted. <laughs> We're addicted. And we, yeah, we're just, I mean, that's, again, we've said this before, that that's just really, I, I guess you think, I, I don't know, but you may think that you have to change so much in your life. And you are, like you said, you are so attached to the life that you have, and you know that. And you don't dare to take that step into the unknown, because that's, you know, you're... Maybe you're not completely happy like you are now, but at least it feels kind of safe, like you. <laughs> and yeah, it's familiar. I guess you could compare it to some. Sometimes I see the same concept in terms of eating meat. Like I'm not saying you know I've been eating meat for a long time, and and it's, you know it, it is what it is. But you know now I now I don't. But it was just really hard for me to give up that. And some people that I talk to, they're like, no, well, I know. It's not the best thing to do, but I just can't give it up. Like that's I and and I'm gonna turn every argument to an argument that will prove it for me that that's the way forward and then that's good. You know, they're trying I have an old time friend that just came to my mind. She's been a vegetarian since she was ten, you know. Really, really young. And she turned thirty-two. I think she had some I don't know why really, 
but I think it was separation from her boyfriend or something and she suddenly started eating meat and she's always been the vegetarian starting vegetarian collectives like communal livings and all different things you know suddenly she just like started going another just just having to meet and now she's all and my point is like now she's posting a lot of facebook articles that are proving to her that what she's doing is right <laughs> that meat really? is good and wow yeah yeah too bad environmentally and otherwise you know our minds are very clever they can justify anything that's the point yeah you know, we'll we'll find a justification for whatever we want to do. Yeah. <laughs> so if it's very extreme, like to me, your friend starting to eat meat after 22 years of vegetarianism, uh, that's extreme and to me. You know, no, that's a, that's a, like a big time meat eater, not just a little, but like she's all in on it now. <laughs> she's just... Yeah, like propagating it, promoting it. Yeah. You know, but you see, she didn't have a real reason not to eat meat, you no. know, other than maybe a health reason or an environmental reason. Or she was studying with me, so she's she, she, she studied environmental engineering with me, so she knows about that. Well, then, you know, she's not really an environmentalist. Not really. Yeah. I mean, she's mm -hmm. just token environmentalist. <laughs> Love your mother, brother. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but you see, the difference is in in our bhakti yoga teaching that we have taken into our life as our life. You know, we have a spiritual reason not to eat meat. You see, it's not just a controversy of whether it's best for the body or not for the body or the environment or whatever, whatever or cows are meant to be eaten, or, you know, there's all kinds of, mm. or they're food animals. I mean, that's just part of the natural scheme or mm. whatever, mm. you see. You can have all kinds of arguments and change your positions according, accordingly if you have those reasons to not eat meat. But if you have the reason to not eat meat because it's not, pleasing to God. It's not acceptable to God. You're mm. following His guidelines of how to live. And in His instructions, He says, do not eat meat. Mm. And on top of that, you want to please Him. And He says, don't offer me, offer everything you do to me, but don't offer me meat, fish, or eggs, yeah. because I won't accept it. And you're number one priority in life is that relationship with yeah. God, mm. then you're not going to eat meat regardless of whether it's good for your body or not good for your body. You don't even get involved in those arguments. You may get involved to kind of transition people from meat to non-meat because of health or environment or compassion for the animals or... You know, if people are advanced enough to accept there is such a thing as karma, which your friend obviously isn't, mm. you know, then that's another, you know, reason. You don't want the karma from doing this. Because you got to be pretty far along in the game yeah. of, of spiritual advancement or otherworldly acceptance to, to even accept karma's real. Yeah. yeah. Oh, who says karma's real? You're saying that, but I don't know that. 
Can you prove it? Can you prove in my next life, because I eat meat now, that this is going to happen to me? See, so I, like I said, you got to be pretty advanced to even accept the argument of karma. Mm-hmm. But beyond all that, even if you accept the law of karma, is the, the, the relationship with the Supreme Lord. That is where it all winds up if you keep going and going and going through the more and more real reasons and where the strength is and where the knowing is and where the absolute freedom from doubt and and knowing, yes, this is the truth. That's where it all ends up at the Supreme Lord, see? And then, no matter what, you're not going to do it because that's important to you. And that is not only important, it's the most important, you know? And that's that's that that's, that that becomes a guiding map for you. I mean, this is because this is not just an example of vegetarianism. This is one example, but this goes for this all the decisions that we do in life. That's that's the thing, you know. We we can discuss and we can debate whether to do this and find happiness there, or what's the best way to find happiness in the material world, and what's the best way to deal with stress, and which is the best mentor and psychologist, or who are you going to, you know? But that's all. <laughs> It's not deep enough, you know. It doesn't really. Yeah, it's not deep enough, and that's that's a great point you just brought up. Is you can apply this in every aspect of your life, every aspect of your life, you know. Mm. So, and life is full of decisions and choices that have to be made, have to be made, you know. Mm. And if you if you don't have this kind of knowledge exactly. to to base your choice and decision on, then you're gonna base it on a bunch of falsehoods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how correct is it ever gonna be? Mm. You know. It's 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 you know, there's four defects of humans, you know. And every human has these four defects, you know. And one is the ability to make mistakes, you see. We've got a tendency, we've got a propensity to make mistakes. And with that defect, without this knowledge, you're going to make mistakes. No. And those mistakes can be very big and very, very devastating. Mm-hmm. So we, we need knowledge, you know. Another defect is we're we're in illusion. So making decisions and and life choices with a defect of mistakes and illusion, how successful you think you're going to be? How how good a result are we going to have? No, no. I mean that. You know. I mean that's huge handicaps. Yeah. And uh, so how how much we need this knowledge. We need it. It's it's not like just, oh, it's nice. It's like we need it. Yeah. And uh, hmm. the more we recognize that need, then the the more we're going to be interested in receiving this knowledge, seeking out this knowledge. Hmm. What's it saying? The Bible: Seek and ye shall find; knock and it shall be opened unto you. Hmm. Yeah. But if you don't seek, you don't find. If you don't knock, the door doesn't open. Mm. So these sayings are not just trite sayings, you know. 
they're absolute sayings, you know. Seek and you shall find. You will find because the Lord is in your heart. He's in your heart. There's an expansion of the supreme personality of Godhead in your heart. My heart, your heart, every person's heart. And the Lord is omniscient, all-knowing. When I have that seeking going on, he knows it, and he arranges it so I find. Seek, and you shall find. He knows when I seek, and he gives me what I'm looking for. So it's not like arbitrary, like, oh, maybe, maybe not, you know. Because God wants us to have this knowledge. Why does he come himself in so many various incarnations and give this knowledge? Why does he present this knowledge in Scripture? Why does he send his representatives to bring this knowledge to us? Because he wants us to have it. He doesn't want to keep us from having it because we're his children. He loves us. He's the... He's the personification of perfect love. He's the perfect father. And he doesn't want to see us suffer in ignorance. And the only solution to ignorance, the only cure for ignorance is knowledge. And therefore he brings the knowledge. From time immemorable, since the creation, the knowledge has been available for mankind. And that suddenly everything seems so much easier. <laughs> I mean, you can struggle yeah. and struggle, you can try and you can try, but if you just accept that, like, that, seek and you shall find. I mean, it's just, that's comforting. Yeah. That's comforting to me. I mean, I hope that's right. everyone is listening yeah. feels the same, but that's really, yeah. <laughs> Knock and it shall be opened unto you. <laughs> approach approach don't be afraid there's nothing to be afraid of i don't know well i understand it i mean philosophically and we've all been less than perfect seekers of course (laughs) you know we've been absorbed in our you know world of material happiness you know and so we you know it's not like we can't understand what prevents people from doing it, but at the same time, we have a solution that makes it so that resistance diminishes. Mm-hmm. That's what we got to do is diminish the resistance from no, no, no to no to mm, to uh, to. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <You know. laughs> and I've All seen that right. so many times. Just people who are, yeah, it's like, oh, okay, dragged along to meditation class. I don't really know. And then, you know, okay, they're joining the kirtans, they're listening, they're hearing the mantras, and then, you know, step by step. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Big journey, small steps. Big journey, small steps. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should end with knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
can do that. <laughs> we can do that. Yeah, that was a very popular song back in the 70s. Bob Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was from a movie, you know that? That that song oh, was a was didn't from know a, that. a movie soundtrack. Yeah. Oh. And uh and he did the he did this song in that in that movie like the song is more popular than the video in the end <laughs> in the movie yeah <laughs> okay so let me think how I'm gonna do it with Goranga Haribo and maybe we'll add Nitai Gore today what about that cool <laughs> perfect yeah cause I gotta have some words yeah <laughs> <laughs>
Haribo Koranga 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 Haribo Haribo Nitaigo Nitaigo Haribo Haribo Nitaigo Nitaigo Haribo Haribo Nitaigo Nitaigo Haribo Haribo Nitaigo Nitaigo Haribo
Hare 
So there you have it, knocking on heaven's door with mantras. <laughs> so that's another beautiful thing about mantra meditation. You can use any tune. You know, some people like one tune, some another, or any type of music. Some people like one style or type of music. One people like another style. Yeah. So you just use that medium for the mantras. And, yeah. <laughs> I remember there was a, in New Zealand, back in 1970, about 72, three, somewhere, there was a rock band in New Zealand that was the number one rock band of New Zealand. I mean, everybody knew these guys. <laughs> and then they started chanting mantras <laughs> and so they started, you know, using their musical skills and fame and so on and, and uh, introduced people to the mantras. And yeah, it was great. And they were high level musicians. I mean, this was, and they were rock band and they, they used that style music. You know. <laughs> And yeah, first their their fans were like, "What? What is? What is this?" You know, but this was long ago before people even knew what mantras. I mean, mantras were like unknown, you know. Yeah. So it was a good platform to uh, to let all their followers, you know, participate in this chanting. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. And then they maybe dropped in popularity, or <laughs> people started. Oh! Probably some to some degree, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But not, some people have a real resistance to yeah, yeah. to chanting, you know. To, as soon as you introduce anything that's connected with something spiritual, they yeah. they just have a big resistance. Mm. But then that's not our goal but, to be popular. No. And the beauty is, you know, even if they hear it and they they're, you know, seemingly Resisting, it still, you know, works its magic. 
Yeah. <laughs> you can't stop the magic. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm gonna... Yeah. Well, yeah. People have freedom. That's that's one thing we respect 100% is people's freedom, you know. Yeah. It's God-given freedom. People have been given by God the freedom to completely turn their backs and have a, another life devoid of even recognition there is a supreme person or to completely involve their life. You know, that's freedom. And that's why we're, we're here, right? That's why we're given the opportunity to be in a human form here in the material world because we have that freedom to. And that's another yeah. old <laughs> talk. It's another topic. <laughs> another well, talk. Yeah. <laughs> well, Ruben, it's been great. Thank you so much again, yeah. you know. <laughs> Thank you. Coming again. into the little little cozy cabin for another session. Yeah, unfortunately, we, we turn, you know, the wrong direction. So you never get the fireplace anymore. I'm, I'm sorry for that. Uh, I'll have to uh, switch setup someday so you get the cozy, warm it, fire. It still looks cozy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're looking out the window. It doesn't look so cozy out there, but inside, <laughs> it, looks, it looks great. Oh, man, I love winter. I was just out for... They opened the trail, the cross-country trail in the mountains here. And this was like, so I skied for like 50 kilometers. You had to climb like a thousand meters to get up to the mountains from the from the ocean. It was tough, like, you know. But when you get up there, it's so beautiful. And you see the mountains everywhere, sharp peaks. And it's just white, pure, just, I don't know what to say. Beautiful, man. Winter, yeah. Winter. I like winter. It's the best. It's a little bit of winter come back here. We're having a little snow today. Oh, yeah. That's why your internet was... <laughs> uh, yeah, <why> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're so I suppose to snow tomorrow, too. We're going on a hike again. So we'll be probably, if it does snow, we'll be walking in the snow, <laughs> which we like. I like that. <laughs> you know. yeah. And everything is just fresh and the trees are covered and... Yeah. You see all the animal tracks, you know. Mm. Oh, there's where a deer went, there's a squirrel. Yeah. You know, here's a horse. Yeah. Uh, I still remember those moose and, beds from when you were here in Norway last time. You know, that's a rare thing. I've never seen that ever again. Like, yeah. It's the first thing. Yeah, I've, yeah. First time I've seen a moose bed. <laughs> yeah. It's just like Here in the mountains they have herds of horses. Oh, wild. Well, yes and no. They're owned by somebody. They're not wild horses, uh, but they're just free to go whenever and wherever they want. Kind of like so, so we often, I mean, almost, not almost say every hike, but many hikes we come upon different herds of horses in different areas, you know, 5, 10, 20, sometimes 15. Yeah. And, you know, they're not wild, so they don't just stampede away when they see you. They. <laughs> You can walk right in between them, right in the middle of them. You know, give them an apple. Wow. So like the domesticated. So. That's oh. Domesticated wild horses. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if you're going to be a horse, take a birth as a horse. <laughs> in Kazakhstan. Mountains of Kazakhstan are a good place. <laughs> oh. I'm not recommending that, but... <laughs> Or a reindeer in Norway, man. That's those are okay. <laughs> yeah.
Okay. So I'll see you. All right, Ruben. Uh, take care. Yeah, keep me uh, keep me informed about that jacket, how you like it. Oh, well, for sure. Yeah. It'll be there soon, probably. I'm looking forward. Yeah, any day now. Where did it come from? Where'd you get it out of? Was it Bra Sport or something? Um, what, what was it called? In again? Norway. Um, yes, in Norway. Uh, oh, okay. Oh. There was not so many places had it. Like, yeah, I only I I was looking a lot to find my size and the color that I wanted. <laughs> and then it's my birthday soon, so I I I sent a message to my mom and I said, you know, <laughs> this is a nice birthday present, wouldn't it be? <laughs> she was like, oh, I see. <laughs> so, <laughs> what color did you get? I get the blue one, light blue. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the color I got too. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so uh, all right, but my gaiters are blue, so I have to get the blue jacket. <laughs> anyway, Slava tells me that you gotta go. Yeah. See you <laughs> speak later. Yeah, yeah. Trava doesn't like this. All right, no. talk to you later. Howdy, Bo. Howdy, Bo. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Slava. Namaste. Howdy, Bo. So that's it for now. Happy to have you along today and welcome to listening in again, probably sooner this week or else next week for our weekly sessions. So um, yeah, do check out our link tree to have links to YouTube if you are listening to this and would like to watch it. And you can also there uh, find the link to Patreon where you can contribute to the podcast so that we can reach out to more people and you can get access to the videos uh, live stream as we are recording them so yeah see you soon again remember to stay true to yourself and dare to break trail mm-hmm.